Well, I'm here with Paige Powers. Uh, Paige, welcome. Thanks for having me. Tell us uh, what you do. So I'm an otolaryngologist, which is a fancy word for an ENT doctor, and I care for patients uh, with a wide variety of problems. ENT meaning? ENT is ear, nose, and throat, and that really doesn't even begin to describe what we do. Okay, tell us. Uh, ENT doctors take care of a wide range of fundamental functions of life. We care for patients with everything from problems as simple as earwax to as complex as head and neck cancers. Um, that's a that's a big divide. Earwax to cancer. Yeah, I mean, you know, ENT doctors care for such a diverse range of conditions and problems, different types of patients. We deal with things from voice, hearing and sound, smell, swallowing, uh, balance issues, allergies and sinus problems, throat trouble, head and neck cancers. A lot of people will say in my specialty, you take care of everything above the collarbone except for the eyes and the brain. Oh, interesting. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. Okay. Sinus infections. Can we talk about them? <laughs> Everybody wants to talk about sinus Please. infections. Like, let's just go uh, there. This is a huge singer issue. Right. Um, and I'm currently, <laughs> currently feeling struggling. it myself. There are many underlying issues that can affect singers, and sinuses are a really big part of Huge. that. It's um, Allergies are an extraordinarily common problem. So not only do people get common colds, but people can suffer from allergies. Um, often people use the word sinus inappropriately. They'll say, oh, I've got sinus trouble. And, and really what they mean is, my nose is stuffy, or I'm congested, or I've got post-nasal drip. What's the difference? You know, um, for an ENT doctor, we think of sinus disease as a little bit more drastic, you know, really more where you are having significant obstruction within the cavities of the sinuses. And that's pretty important for a singer because part of how voice is made is through the resonance within your head. It's like, it's like so much of what we do is just teaching people how to find resonance. And there's so many sinuses. Exactly. So like, tell us where our sinuses are. So we have sinuses in our head. Mm -hmm. Nobody really knows what they're there for. The thought is perhaps they're there to lighten the weight of our head. Perhaps mm. really they are there to change the resonance of our voice. Mm -hmm. um, sinus cavities sit on either side of our nose, which is in your cheeks, beneath mm -hmm. your eyes. Mm -hmm. We have a sinus cavity between your eyes that goes straight back. And we have sinuses above our forehead. Mm -hmm. Let me clarify. Mm -hmm. That's not right. We have sinuses above our eyes, mm -hmm. behind your forehead. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very common for folks out in the general world to have suffer with either a common cold, a little bit of sniffles from a virus, mm -hmm. or just allergies, overreacting to the world around you. And this is, this is a toxic load yeah. we're swimming in. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of environmental exposures that we all get in everyday life, whether yeah. you live in a house with mold or simply you're going outside on a breezy spring day. Yes, and like we're in a dry space right now, yep. so tell us how a dry yep. space affects your So humidity, can, humidity <laughs> can affect the, the nose and sinus cavity. That lining mm -hmm. tissue, which is meant to moisten the air that we breathe in, can really affect us. And so... Um, 
you know, it is important to recognize that when that nasal lining tissue is inflamed, perhaps we're not going to then uh, filter the air as well. Um, mm. If we don't, if we have a little inflammation and we're producing mucus that is draining down the back of the throat, it can be irritating. It's to happening the, to, to me the point currently. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it can affect the vocal cords. It can affect how we resonate. Even if the vocal cords are in great shape, your voice sounds different if your nose is stuffy. Yes, and then the post-nasal drip, talk to us about that because I'm, I'm feeling height, very aware of the inflammation that I feel mm-hmm. um, and extra warm-up is not the solution in this case. Right, so um, I the first thing when patients walk into my office and they say, I'm here about post-nasal drip, I always go, wait, 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 wait. Because so often that word post-nasal drip to them I, I think it means to them, and I think what they're telling me is, I've got snot draining down the back of my throat. <laughs> and I always say to them, okay, you say post-nasal drip, let's step back. Because post-nasal drip implies nasal. It implies a nasal or sinus source, mm-hmm. and oftentimes that's not really the case. Oh. So what I really want to discover is, what are you really telling me? Are you telling me that you feel like you got mucus in your throat? And a lot of times they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say, fine, let's start from there. You've got mucus in your throat. Now let's back up and try to figure out, is it from below? Is it from above? Uh, Or is it from right there in your throat? So as above, so below, or so below as (laughs) Yeah. I want to figure out, like, what's really going on? If they say post-nasal drip, they're telling me they've got sinus drainage. But we don't know that. So I like to say, hey, let's figure out what's going on. You tell me the symptom. My job is to try to help you figure out what it is and how we're going to fix it. How do we fix this? Okay. So again, it really depends on what is it? Where is it from? What's the problem? So that's where my job comes in as an ENT doctor because, you know, my job is to really listen to your story, examine you, and then determine what is the medical problem and what are the approaches? Because my approach to that drainage in your throat is going to be very different if the source is from above, meaning nasal and sinus issues. Maybe it's some allergies. Maybe it's some viral issues. And it's very different if it's from below. Maybe you can swear up and down that your GI tract is in great shape, that you've got no reflux, but it's extremely common that acid reflux heartburn, indigestion, those are just some symptoms of reflux. But mucus in the throat is another really common symptom of acid that can affect the throat. Okay, there is so much to talk about here. And my first question is, are they really separate? Like, is is the is the head situation really separate from the gut? Because I would think that they're not. Well, so that's a... I think that's a great point in that idea. And, and we'll like, dig into... Like the, in the bigger picture. Right. So in the big picture, it's interesting. I think more and more physicians, patients, researchers, we're starting to realize that the gut is part of that immune reactive system. And boy, do we put a lot of things in our gut every day, right? Mm -hmm. And even people who say, oh, I eat really healthy. Well, you may be a really healthy eater, but if your gut is getting a little more sensitive to dairy products or to certain preservatives that are in the food you eat, Um, most of us, even if we're eating all organic and super healthy, there's a little bit of processed stuff in the food we eat, yeah. right? Oh, it's if so hard. Eat, and um, a lot of the thickening agents that are used in our dairy products like are... Like fat-free yogurts are filled with uh, thickening agents, right? Uh, 
a lot of a lot of dairy products. It's hard to find something that's not got carrageenan or guar gum. And interestingly, those might be tree based. And maybe you're a little allergic to trees, mm. and that's a trigger for you. You can be eating mangoes, but if you're eating a mango at the time that certain types of trees are blooming, you might be a little more reactive to it. So by no means do I try to tell people, oh, you must have a food allergy if your GI tract is reacting. But we know that people's GI tract does respond to the world around them. Yes. And the food we put in our body. And so I think so often we have to address all of it. Yes. Oftentimes patients can struggle if I say, hey, I think this is reflux related, and they go, I've never had heartburn in my life. I really have to, um, sometimes I feel like I'm selling my story to them. Yes. And so it's important both that I take the time to explain why I think what I think, but also put it in simplified terms and help them understand that there is often a little of this and a little of that, especially if they've had this very long-standing mindset I have postnasal drip. This mm-hmm. is a sinus mm-hmm. issue. And I'm saying, yeah, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I always tell people is, hey, did you realize that there are mucus producing cells in your throat? And usually that kind of makes a, a raised eyebrow, big eyes response. They go, what? You know, we have mucus. And I, I'm pretty blunt. I tell people, this is snot. This is mucus, right? We can talk about it. We can use real people language, but it can be produced locally. Our body, there is some of this that is probably our body trying to protect, mm-hmm. lubricate from mm-hmm. the irritation. Now, talk to us about um, heavy voice users who are very self-aware of their voice in certain environments and then just completely throw it out the window, maybe when they go to a waitressing job or yeah. back to the classroom or, or whatever. Yeah, it's not uncommon that I'll see this person who talks to me um, because when a patient comes in who is coming in about voice, One of the first things is I'll say, hey, let's talk about how you use your voice. And they'll tell me about, you know, okay, I sing at practice an hour a day. I, um, you know, yes, I sing in the shower. Yes, then I'm practicing for this performance. I need to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, but what about on the weekends? What about, you know, do you go to the bar on a Friday night? And I'll find that that person who's so thoughtful about their voice and, oh, I warm up before my performance then is with their friends on Friday night, late, they're, it's a dry environment, maybe they're around, maybe they're not a cigarette smoker, but their friends are, they're having a good time. And I don't criticize them for having a good time, but they're yelling at the bar, they're in a noisy environment, you know, or maybe they come home from their music lesson and then they're yelling at their kids, they're screaming for the dog to come inside. It's a dry environment. They've been running around, they eat late at night. They're just not very thoughtful then. So there can be this real disconnect when they're actively considering voice use Mm -hmm. to when they're just living their day-to-day life. This is a real challenge, especially because so many, if if we're gonna narrow into singers, so many singers are in the hustle. So you're just like, it's real. It's a real, it's a real challenge. Well, especially if you're talking about that person who is doing a show, a performance, a gig. Unfortunately for my sake, as a, someone who likes to go to bed early, I miss shows because they're so darn late. So what happens is a lot of these concerts or performances or shows that take place in a music venue, they're happening pretty late. And those people are often going out afterwards mm-hmm. and maybe they're having a drink or two or they're eating dinner late, or they're in a noisy environment because they're fun people. They like performance. 
right. right? And so they eat late, they go to that noisy place, they talk over the noise, and then they fall into bed. Their stomach is full. Maybe they've just had a beer or two. Maybe they've had more. Maybe they've had some less than healthy food, which is what we all tend to do late at night. They might reflux a little bit at night and they wake up and they kind of blame it on, oh, it's just from my performance. No, it's often because you did some kind of not so smart things with your voice. Or during the day, you really pushed it. You got up the next morning and even though your voice was a little tired, a little fatigued, you felt like you needed to go about your day. So you kept pushing and you squeezed a little bit and you worked it harder. And now your vocal cords are really fatigued and you got to go to your next performance. And you warm up, but you wonder, gosh, why isn't my voice doing what it needs to do? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for a lot of those folks, it's not a week or two into it. It's six weeks or even months into it where they say, my voice has been breathy and raspy and I'm feeling the strain. I'm feeling the vocal fatigue. I'm just not getting out of it what I want. Or alternatively, maybe they've just put up with it for so long and they don't come to me until everyone around them is saying, your voice is awful, I'm worried about you. Mm-hmm. So we tend, to see, um, we tend to see people who are those vocal performance artists. We tend to see them pretty early. We tend to see maybe that older person who's a little bit scared about the possibility of cancer. Mm-hmm. My voice has changed, what could be going on? Mm-hmm. And then we see those people that... Right. Maybe don't think of themselves as a vocal professional. They're a, they're a salesperson. They're a doctor, a colleague maybe, who has to talk all day. Mm-hmm. If I lose my voice, I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm in trouble after one day. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, so there's a lot we can... It would be good if we could get in touch with these people early. It's great to put those ideas out there. What do you do? What yes. do you do early? So I really push people to be self-aware. Think about it. I think that if we could hydrate better, most of us aren't so great about drinking. And if we drink, we're usually going for that coffee or the soda or even these sports energy drinks that frankly have so much chemicals in them. I think people think they're doing themselves some good when they're grabbing the Gatorade or something else. And a lot of times our body isn't meant to have all that chemical. Mm -hmm. I really do push that idea of water, water, Mm -hmm. water. Mm -hmm. And it's not even the idea of, oh, you've got to have 64 ounces of water every day. I think it's more about repeatedly sipping, lubricating, keep the vocal cords moist. Mm -hmm. By the time you feel dry, we all hear this, but by the time you feel dry, it's too late. You're already a little too dry. Mm -hmm. I just, I have to say, I really love talking to you because you're so voice aware and um, you guys can't see this, but she is not clearing her throat. (laughs) At all, so I feel like I feel like humbly I bow to you. No, it's funny. Power, power voice. Again, it's just worth thinking about. I think because I'm blessed by taking care of people from very young to very old. I watch these elderly patients come in; they're hunched over, and sadly, frankly, I look at these young and middle-aged people hunched over, bent forward, and I think to myself, "Oh my goodness, they're going to be seeing me in 20 years with their neck problem." Well, and next, well, we we are interviewing um, somebody on posture because it's Uh, it's really important. Um, okay. When should somebody come see you versus a laryngologist? What is the difference? So I'm an otolaryngologist. Educate so us. I am. So, you know, an otolaryngologist is somebody who specializes in care of everything above the collarbone except the eyes and the brain. So we take care of disorders that maybe their voice, which you care about, but they're also 
allergies, um, ear problems, balance problems, concerns for cancers in that region, lymph nodes, simple things like earwax. It's great. It's a wide variety. Uh, somebody should come to me as, as opposed to their primary care doctor, maybe if they've already worked with their primary care doctor and things haven't gotten better. Maybe they're looking for somebody who has a little bit more expertise in that region. In this world we live in today, people subspecialize. So I'm a specialist, then there's extra special specialists. <laughs> there are folks who are ENT doctors who specialize just in voice. They get the name laryngologist. So I do take care very regularly patients who have voice issues and I'm trained to do so. There are people who all they do all day every day is care for voice issues. They spend all of their training um, caring for both medical and surgical disorders of the voice. And so while I do that and consider my years of experience and training to make me uh, quite competent at that, even I will sometimes refer my patients on to a laryngologist if I feel like I'm struggling or I'm not sure that I can best manage it. Or maybe I want somebody who doesn't operate on them just regularly like I do, but all day, every day. I'm your host, Heather Hightower, founder and owner of the Center for Vocal Study. Our producer is Emily Gaddick. Our theme song was written by me and was lovingly brought to life by singers Madeline Holly Sales, Stephanie Kowalczyk, Lori Durr, and Joanna Lott, recorded by Bobby Reed. Finding Your Voice was produced at the Center for Vocal Study in Charlottesville, Virginia. Head to our website, centerforvocalstudy.com, for more information on our private lessons, teachers, and programs. We work with both individuals and teams so that you can share your voice with freedom and ease. Wherever you are, you can find more episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Center for Vocal Study. Thank you.